And if you don't know, now you know. Uh, all right. Welcome to the Now You Know podcast. I am your host, Anthony Carvello, here with... C-L-E-M-E-N-T. Clement. My, my man, Clemmy is in the building. Yeah. We, uh, it's been a minute. We got that one out um, by this point. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're speaking a little bit, I guess, in the future. But uh, it was good to hang out again. Good to do the podcast thing again. Thankfully, I'm going to say that the audio on this one is going to sound a lot better than it did on the last one. I apologize for that. I was trying to be fancy and use wireless headphones. But <laughs> that, that's not the move. I just got some, uh, some Apple joints now. So hopefully that's a lot cleaner, a lot better for listening experience this time around because we brought a guest with us. So I didn't want to disappoint. I didn't want you to tune out before we brought the guest in, you know, <laughs> today we're going to be hanging out with, uh, Len Bowen. Uh, you might know Len Bowen, maybe from shades of black, uh, maybe from fourth quarter records. Cause we did, uh, something recently and he's putting out some music right now. So, uh, Len, how you been? I'm good. What's good fellas. Oh man. Yeah. Big chilling. I mean, it, it's, it's uh, funny to be talking to Len like this because I talk to Len probably every other day, maybe every two days for like <laughs> the last like month, <laughs> yeah, the last few months. Uh, so full disclosure, you know what I mean? We're putting out Len's project on Fourth Quarter Records, so uh, have a little bit of behind the scenes knowledge that we can talk about a little bit later. But thought it was important to kind of have this conversation and uh, get into a little bit about who is Len Bowen just like his Instagram name says, and kind of introducing or reintroducing uh, him to some folks. Because I think the name is one of those names that even I, before I knew who Len Bowen was, before he was calling me every other day, would be one of those guys that you knew his name. You're like, oh, Len Bowen, yeah, he's a dope rapper. Like, that was always the, the like, sentiment in the community. Like, oh, yeah, you met Len Bowen? Yo, he's a dope rapper. Or, he's an OG or something. It was always good words to be said about Len, but more specifically about Len's rapping ability. So that's always, uh, you know, a good thing to hear about from from an MC, I would say. But, uh, (laughs) you know, (laughs) the rapping ability should come first. We are we are in a different era where maybe other things come first for some rappers. But uh, in Winnipeg, rapping ability still seems to matter, I would say. I think so. We're one of the few places that still puts a like a premium on that as a as a skill set anyways but um for so with len we did do a podcast um man probably like two three years ago now when i'm thinking about it that long? Yeah. yeah and the pandemic just like uh, add two to everything that you ever did before <laughs> <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> take whatever you did before and add two years to it so yeah it was probably like two three years ago that we had uh the whole crew basically uh up in uh, the the studio downtown and you know i was listening to that podcast back and it was, it was a fun a, time it was a fun time it was the most people time. we ever had in one room so yeah. you could feel the energy okay. was a little bit different because we also had fed uh co-hosting with us too so there's three hosts and three guests between the three members of shades of black yeah so um you could feel the energy it was like it was definitely a good one to have uh, and a good lesson, a good episode to listen to. Like, if you want to go back and take that out, you'll kind of get the behind the scenes of Shades of Black, all they were able to accomplish from like much music to, uh, you know, the charts and and opening and performing with major artists across Canada, really. Yeah. Trials and, trials and tribulations. Yeah. And like getting an early start, like we talk about you, Len, as a young kid coming up, 
13 years old, rapping in the club where you had no business. Crazy. You know what I mean? Crazy. <laughs> and the trials and tribulations of Shades of Black, because it was one of those situations where you guys were so close, but you were kind of victims of, of, I would say, where we are in the world in terms of Winnipeg. You know what I mean? Of being stuck here where not a lot was happening. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. So I want to talk a little bit about that. We, we, you guys start in like 95, next school pioneers, right? Then you uh, do Think It Through and Comprehension, which like Comprehension is the one I probably know the most or the, yep. the best anyways. Um, and then from there, you guys made a move to Peanuts and Corn where you did a little bit with them. Uh, you're on the Tape Hiss record that came out in like 04, like mid 2000s. And then we don't really hear from Shades past that point, right? Right. It kind of drops off. So you want to talk a little bit about that period, I guess, where the shades uh, drops off. And we're kind of picking up where we left off, I would say, from the last podcast, more or less. And then we'll right. turn to you. So, okay. So basically, 94, 95, um, you know, we dropped Next School Pioneers on Peanuts and Cord. And um, we, we put out a Think It Through EP that had that song on there and Status Climbers. And then we actually left Peanuts and Corn, did our own thing and dropped Comprehension. And when the His Tape came out, that was just Rod reaching out to us saying, I'm going to put out some old um, PNC material and call mm -hmm. it the His Tape. We didn't, we didn't go back to them or anything. It was just gotcha. like, you know, everybody's on good terms yeah. and this is what we're doing and we're giving you the heads up because we want the blessing before we do it that. right so makes sense because so, there's a lot of odd and if you listen to tape it's like a compilation lots of like odds and ends right. two three songs i think you guys have like three two or three songs on that on that project and yeah. it's kind of like that for everybody like two songs from over here from over there whatever so exactly gotcha yeah. gotcha mix and mash so yeah um they put that out uh, comprehension dropped, which the Shades is actually uh, best known for. Um, mm -hmm. That that body of work has made it overseas. It's big in Germany and oh, other damn. parts of Europe. They yeah. they're loving it over there. Like in Canada, it's like Shades who, but over there, <laughs> it's a it's a whole another story. Um, you know. It's put a few dollars in our pockets and, um, and um, it, you know, 20 years later, that, 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 that EP is still something people talk about. So, um, yeah, so when that was all said and done, um, you know, the Shades put out some material through Urbnet Records um, slash Slow Coach Records, which um, was run by Mood Rough. Okay. And um, yeah, we dropped the impossible. Uh, we dropped every dollar counts. And after every dollar counts dropped, um, there was just a lot of expectations and um, they, they weren't met by everybody who was supposed to be our, our supporting cast, right? Mm. So we only got one video out. We didn't get to tour. Um, just a lot of a lot of inside things mm -hmm. um, where you know people made promises and didn't follow through. So two out of three, bigs and bad manners, pretty much had enough. 
but bad manners was always like my right hand man in the sense that he said he was dumb, but he wasn't really dumb. But when big <laughs> done, it's, it's a wrap. Like yeah, you know, he, he when his mind is made up, it is what it is. So, you know, I I still wanted to make music, but I didn't know exactly how I was gonna go about it. And um, honestly, it was it was you know just kind of scary. Um, taking that first step without those guys after being in a collective all these years. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I feel that coming from where I'm from with three P it's like, I mean, we're still together. We're still doing shows together, but to move without them will be a very, I think, weird experience. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's lonely. It's awkward. It's, it's all those things. Right. Mm-hmm. So it took me a while to just build up the confidence um, to move by myself um, because the Lembo and you see today and where I started are two completely <laughs> different people. Um, yeah. It took a while to, to get where, where I am. So once I figured it out, um, you know, it was really like I was working with blind fate. I didn't know how I was going to put out the record. I didn't know who was, I was going to put it out through anything. Right. Um, I just, I just, knew I was going to do it. I started writing and everything. It was like the laws of attraction. Everything fell into place. Um, I, I got the opportunity to release a solo project through Urbnet. I had videographers all, um, all of a sudden involved. I had, um, you know, producers who we kind of just, you know, it was, it was perfect timing. I had, songs finished i didn't have i didn't have beats and and people were just walking into my life and everything came together and by the time i actually i'm kind of mixing up the order of things happening but basically by the time i was put in a position where urbnet was like okay we're going to work with you do you have this that and the third in place it was all done okay it was yeah. there was nothing there was nothing left to be said. It was just like, give me a release date. That's what that's what they want to hear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's I'm, what these labels want to hear. For, for a little bit of background, Urbnet uh, is an independent record label based out of Toronto, uh, Canadian um, um, label, I guess, and mostly hip hop. I would say, at least that's what I know it for. At the time, uh, at the time, they I know they dabble in a little of this and that. Now they're into. A, a bunch of different genres, but at the time, it was it was like classified. It was DL Incognito. It was Mood yeah, yeah. Rough. Um, decisive around was, that time. These are names. Decisive. Yeah. Danny O. You know, it was really hip hop over there at the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Another uh, few that were on that that list at that time, like Mocha Only, Sweatshop Union, just to paint that right. picture of like Canadian independent hip hop basically was coming out from that era and grand analog uh, also put out some stuff on there did that connection come right. through those cats like is that how that uh yes. got made? definitely yeah. um grand analog had the initial relationship with the label mm-hmm. and um the two projects that shades put out were basically a situation where urbnet gave mood rough their own label their own situation where they could do whatever they wanted. Right. And that's how the shades got on. 
but I was interacting with people gotcha. at the label um, and, um, you know, established my own relationship with them. But out of respect, because that's just how I move, I went to Odario when I was ready to do my solo thing. And before I approached them, I got his blessing because he gave me the link and I, I didn't want to seem like I was, um, you know, stepping over him or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And he, he respected that I did that mm -hmm. and uh, everything fell into place and they, they put it out. I dropped a couple of videos. I shot one video in Toronto in the financial district um, for late night and Big Dreamer was shot out here on the B side. And um, the rest is history. I just, I just kept moving from then as a solo artist, you know. Yeah. So we're talking about the first project, uh, which would have came out on Urban is Long Story Short, uh, which would have been your right. so first solo project. Uh, came out on Urbnet. Um, again, after we're talking a little bit about who's on that um, roster at the time, you, you kind of see some of those appearances. And you were saying that uh, mm -hmm. most of that record or all of that record was produced uh, by another Winnipeg artist, right? It was produced by a few artists, but ma uh, the majority of the record, um, I wouldn't even say the majority, I'd say 50 to 60% was produced by Alex Zani, AKA B-flat of the Lytics. Uh, he did Big Dreamer, he did Late Night, and he did Cool Out. Um, there was a member of Grand Analog, a guy by the name of DJ Catalyst. Uh, okay. He did Who Am I? Um, okay. You know, um, they, they also did um, Dover Court Road. I had Nefarious, um, MC Collision of Nefarious. He did The Come Up. And um, there was Citizen Sound that did run away. But uh, yeah, I've had that connection uh, through the lyrics through Alex Sani, um, who did a bulk of the records on there. And I knew him even before that, but we actually sat down and worked together on that project. Was that the first time of you guys uh, sitting down to work together? Uh, was for Long Story Short? Right. So yeah. I, I met him through... Um, Big's younger brother Topics uh, was was friends with him, and I actually listened to Beats. Funny story, I I met up with him years before that to listen to his beats, and um, I forgot we met at a location. It was just me and him, and um, at the time I wasn't into what he was he was producing, <laughs> and I just remember he was he was playing his beats. He was so into it. Yo, his 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 neck was snapping, man. You gotta sell and, it. You, and, you gotta sell yo, it. Yo, he, he was definitely <laughs> trying to do that. And I just remember I was like, you know what? For what I'm in my mind, I'm like, for what I'm trying to do right now, this this isn't the fit. And um and uh yeah, we didn't talk for years after that. And I oh, don't damn. know whether or not he took it personally, but yeah. um yeah, we met we met up years later and um I was at a lytic show and I had no idea who they were or that they were related to him. And I was blown away by their performance. It was amazing. And we reconnected and I heard beats he had later. And I was like, this is what I need. Like after the whole shades thing, just a new sound. Um, and I was amazed with how far he had come as a producer. 
So like, like how, how far before would you say like, cause uh, long story short for those uh, who are following along on um, the podcast came out in 2010. So like how many years before that do you think you would have uh, listened to what B flat AKA Alex Sani would have been making you I would say probably, honestly, probably around like, I don't know, years. man, like, like two, three two, years, three year, two years, two or three years prior to, I can't, I can't pinpoint the exact yeah, yeah. year, but there was definitely a gap because by the time I had went to that Lytic show, it just seemed like a lifetime since we last connected, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, he, he let me hear what he was up to. And the crazy thing is, the beats that I liked were um, stuff that, you know, he had said been sitting around for a minute or, you know, his brothers weren't using. And I was like, this stuff is, is ready to go. And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, I'm (laughs) positive. And one of the oldest beats that um, he pulled up was big dreamer. Oh, damn. I was, and I was like, man, this, this beat is, this beat is nuts. And um, no one no one is doing anything like this at, at the time as far as uh, the sound coming out of Winnipeg. So, so um, yeah, I picked it. And, and, and you can verify this through Mr. Sani. I picked the beat and in less than an hour, we arranged the beat. I took it and went in the studio, I don't know, not, not very long later and, and dropped the track. Um, you know, it was, it was just something where I was convinced what it was going to be and, um, and it, and it worked out. I'm going to so. run it right now. I'm just going to run it. Just a little bit you guys can hear it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Put my heart and my soul in it. Lose sleep before I lose focus. Kick and push till he copes with it. Throw him on anything, bow and go in. Like I'm deep sea diving, y'all still learning to swim. Bars shake him up, waking up a day later. Y'all still on punchlines, throwing haymakers. Saying let's be crucial, he the future. Ain't even first scared, he revving out in neutral. Taking so much out of me. And it's so long, crazy, I gotta be. But I'ma do it till your boy run out of steam. With every last breath that it got in me. Taking so much out of me. And it's so long, crazy, I gotta be. But I'ma do it till your boy run out of steam. With every last breath that I got in me. All right, a little, little, <laughs> little snippet just to paint and help paint that picture in case you never heard of Lembo. And that was Big Dreamer. That's probably the one like that you were going by Big Dreamer. You introduced yourself, yo, Lembo and the Big Dreamer, man. That was yeah, a big Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yo, that the impact because you got to remember, Streets was around, you were mm-hmm. up at Streets. Um, you know, later on, yeah, la- street, later on, I would say a little bit, a couple years after that, we would play Dover Court okay. Road. Probably got the most spin by the time I was there, uh, in terms okay. of Len Bowen records. Dover Dover Court Road was one that got played a lot because it was a very melodic record as well. And like, um, listening back to your music, it, it's kind of what Odario and that and that team from Grand Analog brings to your music is a little bit of melody, a little bit more of that uh, yeah. singing side to 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 Len, but like. One thing you've always done, I would say, pretty well is incorporating um, the the melody, like melodic music hooks throughout uh, this project, for example, 
and also the next one like and there's always like there's always one or two records for the for the ladies you know what i mean that's one thing that Absolutely. like <laughs> yeah yeah i've to. noticed like i listen to it obviously it's kind of fresh top of mind because i listened to it before we were we tracked this right. uh, podcast but like listening back and having this project roll out and like the first single we had for uh flow nostalgia 2 was kind of one for the ladies right and then going back and i'm like oh yo this is kind of a thing len does <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's, a, it's a pattern it's a pattern <laughs> um, <laughs> no you you gotta you gotta have something on there for the ladies um and um it's a bit intentional it's a bit unintentional but it's definitely necessary you know and um it's one of those topics that you know i'll never run out of things to talk about you know, <laughs> for relationships real. And, and everything <laughs> you yeah, know um uh, i i don't mind and um it's just showing you know range and and that um you know i i i've got a lot on my mind so no, that's definitely yeah. it. And like, there's definitely an introspective side that, that is shown. So this one comes out, like I said, around 2010. Um, the Licks had probably put out, I think their first project was like 09. Um, so mm. coming off of that, that, that new sound that, that B flat, AKA Alex Sani had found. And like, I got to talk to, I got to talk to Alex. Like me and Alex worked at uh, Rhythm 1047 or Streets, like, right. Uh, he was on his way out. He was moving out to Toronto, and then I was just starting. So we crossed paths for a short time there, and like had a lot of great okay. conversations with him about like the lyrics and like the local scene and what was happening. And before that, like I hadn't, we, were, we weren't really working too much with Repeat. Like we maybe tracked one song, and we're just kind of getting started. Uh, so those are definitely conversations that helped inform and like kind of paint a picture for me of what the local scene was like um with with alex there and it was always like a great conversationalist always a good dude to have a conversation with so i want to sit him down yeah. because the other thing i've heard about uh b flat is that he uses a random weird program to make all his beats like it's some weird old like point and click program so i gotta like get oh, it out shit. Of him. Like, <laughs> yeah what what it is and like what that process is like because this beat big dreamer is a banging beat bro that's like, a banger you hear it now <laughs> and you can't help but like nod your neck to it you know what i mean yeah, that's yeah. a radio I, joint. I can't tell you what programs he uses. All I can tell you is what you hear is a finished project versus where all of these instruments and elements and stuff starts. Um, it's everything's a complete makeover. Oh yeah, you know he, I mean? he was he was like, one of the first cats that like put into my brain the importance of mixing and mastering. You know what I mean? And like he's right. he's been on that tip I think for a minute. So that that doesn't surprise me when you say that. Yeah, absolutely. Like if I was ever concerned about a sample, he was never sweating. He was like, by the time I'm done with it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> nobody's gonna, nobody's going to be able to, you know, figure out what it is or what have you. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, he he's a he's a genius. He's he's great at what he does. Absolutely. Uh, so big ups uh, in that in that regard. But kind of moving out, so from 2010, then there's a bit of a lull in the, the Len Bowen saga here where no music comes out till 2016. So what can you tell us about, uh, I guess, maybe the response of Long Story Short and then how come it took so long? Well, I don't want to frame it like that, but like how come there's a, a little bit of a, a lull before we get to the next uh, Len Bowen project? 
So after long story short, which was extremely well received, it opened a lot of doors for me. Um, you know, it led to me working with Rich Kid, Rob the Viking, um, Toolman, um, Jordan, you know, a lot of Juno uh, nominee, nominated artists, Juno winners. Mm -hmm. um, but in between, I was involved in a long-term relationship and me and my fiance at the time split. So mm -hmm. there was a lot of shit going on in my personal life where I couldn't even think straight, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, um, you know, life just 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 hit me at like a hundred miles per hour, you know what I mean? And and I was just basically picking up the pieces. So all of that was going on. And um, honestly, after going from being in a collective to, to being a solo artist, the whole process, finishing the project, promoting the project, hitting the road with DL Incognito, mm -hmm. um, just everything involved in that promo run, I was mentally and emotionally exhausted. Mm -hmm. My, I, was still, yeah. I was still going through the transition you know, um, it, it'd be, it's different now when I'm like, you know, four projects in, but mm -hmm. at the time it took so much out of me that I couldn't just run it back. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I was, yeah. I shot the first video out here. Then I, I flew to Toronto to shoot the next video and uh, just coming back. And I didn't have, um, I didn't have the, the, the team that I have today. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have that back then. It was literally me and Odario was looking out for me uh, right. to, to a certain extent. But it was really just me running people down, following up with people, mm. um, just making sure things happened. And um, it took it took a lot out of me, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Were you getting were you getting like phone calls like where where are you at like where's the next one let's let's go let's like where are you getting calls yeah. like no you know what I I was I was getting calls and I was like I was working with grant writers and I was working with videographers and producers and just you know people like that were just like yo the momentum's here let's keep it going but I wasn't. Um, I didn't. I didn't have the mental stamina at the time to keep you, going. Like yeah, I wrote you, you weren't available. And yeah, yeah, you know, I, I finished writing all these songs. Plus, I was featuring on other people's joints. Mm -hmm. I was always mm -hmm. on the the mood rough slash grand analog stuff and anything in between. And I was performing, and it was all me. Um, plus, I was doing stuff with DL and and Dal Jones at the time. And I was just burnt out after a while, you yeah. know, um, I, I, I'd never thought I was capable at the time after Shades to put out a body of work that um, I could keep people engaged with for more four or five songs in that and that project, that initial EP was seven joints. Even though there were features, I was orchestrating the whole thing, like the topics and making it make sense and, mm -hmm. and the cohesion of the project, right? Yeah. So, you know, to, 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 to start somewhere after being in a group and, and 
not even know if you're going to be able to do this to uh, to finishing it and then looking back and going wow I just did that and and people took it in and people liked it and and on top of that figuring out the the chinks in my armor because when I was part of shades I I had shoulders to lean on so there were things with my flow and and cadence and breath control that weren't you know I would say 100% where I wanted them to be. But by the time I got to long story short, I figured it out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I figured yeah. it out. I, I broke the old habits and um, I, w- I, was, I was just like, you know, a, a, a well-tuned engine at that very, at that very moment. And, um, and um, yeah. It was it, it took a lot out of me. And then by the time I got past everything going on in my personal life and shook everything off, um, I was ready to go again. But it, it was crazy because it was almost like I, um, I lost my concept of time and didn't realize how much time had passed. Yeah, but, uh, yeah um, I feel you. I feel there you. I was back in the same situation back in the same situation and i was like you know i still had odario in my corner i had my brother dow jones in my corner who had made a lot of connects at the time and Mm -hmm. um between those two they helped me um and bad manners as well they helped me you know as far as you could say from an executive producing standpoint put everything together where everybody was involved and um I guess the respect that I that I gained um, from the first um, solo EP. So yeah, it, it came together. Um, there was this song on there called "Open Book," where it pretty much wraps mm. up what I went <laughs> what I went through. Yeah. It wasn't like yeah. a lead single or anything, but um, if you listen to that song, you'll you'll understand the lapse of time. That, yeah. That, yeah it paints that pa- it paints that picture well put things into perspective yeah it paints that picture very well and then the yeah. production on this one you said was b flat uh the whole way through as well yes except for tool man did uh, oh yeah right right on called tonight featuring jordan and rich but, kid yeah right but um yeah b flat did the whole thing outside of that he mixed the whole thing as well yeah so this, uh, yeah. So I, that makes a lot more sense now. Now yeah. having that, like, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was, it was a good experience for a sophomore EP. Um, I feel like it was cohesive. Oh, did he freeze? Oh, can you hear me? You back? You froze yeah, for a second. No, oh, yeah, you froze okay. for a second. It just said uh, it was a cohesive EP. We'll pick it up from there. So, yeah, so um, long story short, comes out in 2010. Um, you come there back. You're a little bit more exhausted from basically doing what you used to do as a member of a, a three-piece all by yourself and then some exactly. because you're and also more. doing the release. Yeah, plus going on the road, plus shooting uh, videos outside of town. Relationship breakdowns happen, and you kind of take the time to focus on yourself for a little while kind of go a little bit 
yo, let me just handle me, and then I'll, <laughs> this rap shit is cool, but let me let me handle life. <laughs> yeah, let me handle, life. Let me handle exactly. this for a moment. And uh, I mean, it comes exactly. back around. Uh, that's when I think we kind of meet more or less for the first time is around release of um, Going Away Party, which was 2016. We dropped uh, 3Pete around that time as well. And uh, I would say like the most impactful song to me on that whole joint, again, listen, I thought I did, it wasn't at the first time, but listening back this time was open book because it's dead smack in the middle of the record. And it really kind of paints that picture. And it's like, it, it, there is a, like I said, a thread of Lambeauan songs that like really kind of uh, flows through from the first record to this one. And then on through flow nostalgic and the next one as well. That's like personal, very, um, open uh well open book but let me let me play a little bit and you'll get a say you'll get a sense of what i'm talking about in terms of the beat and whatever oh we really going through with this i mean that's it no going back other one when it was storming outside snowing outside tide needs fresh air you going outside smiles turn to cries why was this close that walked down the aisle how you pull a julia roberts runaway bride crew's gone shipwreck queen acting like a princess diamond flooded rose gold rose on your index fell in love somebody show us how to stay there this how it plays out nobody wins wait this ain't fair Know what I went through to be with you Drama with your next to Ken X The boys in blue Memories hurt, man, I feel them constant I know I gotta start this healing process Heard the things fall apart for better to fall together Left, I would've never All I really remember is saying You were supposed to be mine forever Now you're leaving My heart's in the right place You gotta feel it, brother So that one hits me, I think, so hard Because it takes almost a minute before you hear the bass line. Yeah, I mean, there's no drums. Yeah. And it's like, you let Bowen be, it's like, what do you mean? The drums aren't slapping you in the face? And that's what I think <laughs> catches your attention because you're coming off Memoirs, which features Grand Analog, Andrew, uh, also from the Lytics, uh, right? Andrew O. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it transitions to this, this middle song where it's like, there's no drums for the first minute and it like catches you. You're like, oh, Len must have something to say. And then yeah. you, you know yeah. what I mean? It really ra wraps up. And like you said, tells that story for you. And then it switches gears in terms of production as well, because now you got uh, Toolman, who, like you said, Juno, Juno award-winning producer of the year. Yeah, man. You got Rich Kid and Jordan also, you know what I mean, in those Juno conversations as well. Mm -hmm. And a pretty big record, I would say, like got, got yeah. some love radio-wise and all of that as well. And really he was like, yo, Len's back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it would to me yeah. is the perfect transition because it shows you why I was gone, and then it's like, yo, but we still here. Yep, I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> you know in the right. mix, in the mix too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you close it off with Journey, like uh, succinct project, going away party. What? Why is it called going away party? Because it's kind of a coming back party. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I called it going away party because it was closing a chapter in my life to start a new chapter. That's why it was called Going Away Party. And um, Open Book is pretty much, you know, the chapter that I was closing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 you feel me? So, yeah, it was, um, yeah, one of those things where even recording that song, 
Alex was like, yo, this is this is art right here. We're not where this isn't a release. This isn't there's this is just it is what it is. And people should take it for what it is and take it in and nothing should sound it shouldn't sound anything but organic. And I was mm -hmm. like, you know what, you're right. Um, um, let's just lay it down and and um, and mess around with the sequence a bit and uh, see what comes out. And that's that's really what came out. And to be honest, I could do a whole project like that. Like I really don't care about um, structuring something as far as it being a release. I know how to do it. I know how to do it um, with the intent of of catching someone or if if we're doing the song to make people move I can do that but and and it's necessary let's be realistic but mm -hmm. you know I I much rather do stuff like that where it's art and it's subjective and you don't know you know where where the beat's gonna thicken up or thin out or whatever the case may be you know mm -hmm. so I really appreciate that song from from that standpoint as well where it was just yeah just let this run and it really makes you pay more attention to what I'm saying anyways. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? It kind of lures you into to, well, to the narrative that's being right. that's being told. And it builds tension. Yeah. It builds tension as you wait for the You're you know like, there's saying? gotta be drums. There's, you, yeah, there's, there's no a drums? tension. You're just waiting, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And like that's one thing that I think is yeah. done very well on that project in terms of uh sequencing. Like it's uh the the songs are in the place they are for a reason like i think that is part of uh that's one thing that i've noticed from you is like you're, you're very cognizant of those things like a creative decision from len bowen is one that he's agonized over you know what i mean like he's thought about it it's it's this way Absolutely. because because he wants it to be this way and i think that that is important when you say it's a body of of work and a body of art i think that makes sense and like definitely comes through in the in the execution i guess you yeah. could say Definitely. I mean, I mean, you know what? There's there's dudes who make beats and then there's dudes who produce. Um, I'm not an engineer. I'm not a hands-on guy, but I do have, fortunately, the ability to hear something and I can, um, you know, I can break it down or I can build it up in a way where, where you know, it's, 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 um, it's stimulating to the ear. So I, I do I do have I do have that um that talent to do that and I try to show that on every project and I and I I love trying to take something that I hear and take it to the next level because if you really think about it man like the sequence is everything the sequence is like the analogy to getting a haircut and your and your lineup. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> if your lineup isn't proper, it doesn't matter how well everything else is. Mm -hmm. Everyone's gonna be looking at your messed up hairline. And, <laughs> that's true. You know Clown, I mean? yo, clowning. Yeah. yeah, that's the only thing that yeah. matters. Yeah. Big yeah. Time. So, so that sequence is is detrimental to to a great track. You know, it's it's a make or break. So. And you, like you're talking about at the track level, but even as far as like the order of the songs, I think is even something that yes. is you know what i mean like you you strike me as an album guy is that is that a fair assumption to make like you yeah, enjoy definitely. albums more than singles right yes yes singles is we know what singles are about that's part of the numbers game right 
but yeah, albums, exactly. albums, it's about taking it in and like, for example, when I first heard uh, Biggie Smalls, Ready to Die, if anyone's, if, if I could give anyone who's never taken in and ingested hip hop ever in their life and they had to listen to a conceptual album, I would give them Ready to Die because that's a good one i won't argue that one (laughs) from the from the from the intro track you hear this baby crying and Mm -hmm. he's being born to the last track where he dies and you're hearing the heart slowly stopping Mm -hmm. and if you're listening to the story as you go through i remember listening to that album as a cassette when it first came out and Whatever they were trying to do, they accomplished it because I was like, it was like I was listening, but I was watching a movie. Like it was almost like a mental projection (laughs) for that hour or hour and a half, whatever. That that record must have been like 20 songs deep, but it they did they did what they what they were trying to accomplish with me anyways. Mm -hmm. No, that's a I think that's a really great uh, example. Like you said, it very early example of that we're talking the early 90s and like man that, that's a tough I, I don't know that there's many other records like like you said if you're going to show somebody hip-hop for the very first time that's a really great example because it's got a very well-timed story that flows through it you got all the different records and like i mean biggie's my favorite rapper as well so like yeah man you know the you're references. preaching to the choir <laughs> you're preaching the, the references choir. yeah man the <laughs> references to 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 hip hop, uh, you know, Love Bug, Starsky, the Wu Tang, to mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. the 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 beats that they chose, Sample the wise, samples, yeah. like mm-hmm. the Isley Brothers, and yeah, all those joints, yeah, Grover Washington and shit like that, like right. It's yeah, it is it is a masterclass. So that's a really good point. I did I did ask you a question. I don't know if you uh, were able to put together. Like, do you have like maybe a few options of things that helped shape your sound or your, um, I guess, role as an MC. I know you're not the type to like really agonize over all the nerdery of rap writing, right? Like all the, yo, I got the triplet and that, that you know what I mean? Like, no, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> it's a feel, on it's the a feel four four and all of that. <laughs> yeah, it's that a feel who, thing. <laughs> yeah, we, I don't, I don't, the, the, the the people I came up around, we don't talk like that and we don't think like that. Yeah, we, It's just a vibe thing. It's like you hear the beat, you know, um, everybody is unapologetically honest. You know, there were no yes men. If you were whack or you were offbeat or whatever, they let you know. And it was something where they would, sh- they, they never knew how to put it in words. They would just be like, this is where you should be starting or this is what you're not doing. Um, conversations that you know I had with um, Biggs um, were just about simple things like you know when people talk you know it it doesn't nobody talks the way they write there's not all these if ands and buts and everything so why would you rhyme like that mm. you know what I mean mm. but anyways going back to your question um, I would have to say Geez, songs, I would have to say, and I did, I did read what you sent, but I, I can't even put it in five years because that would just be, 
you know, I'd have to go oh, back Oh, not the five years. Not the five years. I mean, like, just five songs that you think, like, from your, like, it, that helped shape you as an artist that you looked to that was like, you know, that's a perfect song or that's a great song or that's a song that really resonated for me. You know what I mean? Or influenced right. the way I, I process music. You know what I mean? I have to say Big Daddy Kane ain't no half stepping mm. because when I heard that song, it it seemed like it seemed absolutely perfect. The flow, the beat, and just just I saw I when I heard it, I saw the video. I didn't I didn't just hear it. I saw the video. So I saw this dude who I never heard of in my life prior to that. And I saw this video where this dude, he was dressed crazy. He had the crazy jewels on. Girls were all over him. He had the dancers with him. They were treating him like mm -hmm. royalty. It was like, you know, coming to America before coming to America. The way they were treating him <laughs> and, and the flows. And I'll just break them and make them and take them and bake them and mold them and bake. Like mm -hmm. back then, back then, that shit was crazy. Now you're like, yeah, that's you know, crazy. that's, yeah, that's, that's cr old that and crazy. dated. But at the time, the stuff he was doing. Oh, yeah. Like we're at talking, the time, like that was it, it was like... ridiculous and everything made sense. Of 88. Course. 88, yeah, like that, 88. that puts it into perspective. And, um, like. and wow, and and I was I was a little kid at that time, so half of the stuff on that album, Long Live the Cane, I didn't even understand. I just heard flows and beats, but mm -hmm. the things I did understand and that did make sense sunk in and made me want to listen to more Big Daddy Kane. And then there was, you know, Rakim with I Ain't No Joke. Mm -hmm. um, there was EPMD, you know, So What You're Saying. Just all of these guys, these beats, I just, I always knew I loved hip-hop music, but I was hearing, like, the main mainstream stuff, like yeah. LL and salt and pepper and, <laughs> you know, Run DMC, where it was cool, but it, it just wasn't there. So when I finally, you know, took in guys like Big Daddy Kane and Brand Nubian, you know, Grand Pooba, mm -hmm. uh, Lord Jamar, Sadat X, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. All that stuff, the 5% nation, it was all about being positive. It was, it was like they were dancing, but it was like this, the slow evolution out of b-boying. Mm -hmm. Like if you watch a lot of those, pardon me, those videos and you see the, the uprocking moves and stuff, it was, it was, you know, it was dancing was changing and hip hop was incorporating a lot of like jazz and soul and James Brown mm -hmm. um, samples and stuff like that. But that's the stuff that really gave me my foundation. KRS One, mm -hmm. um, you know, guys like that. Even I could even say Biz Marquee, like just rest that whole peace. that whole rest in peace. That whole um, golden era, like. When I say that shit, I'm not I'm not saying it to be cool or or because it's a fad or anything. That's that's where that's the era I was raised on. That's that's my foundation. I've loved um, you know other rappers and what they've did over the years. You know, um, Jadakiss, Fab, Outkast, um, N.W.A. All over the place. But that's that's what shaped me you know mm -hmm. guys like kane and rakim and and karis one and stuff like 
that and Black Moon and. I wanted yeah. you to get. I wanted you to like wax nostalgic on a little bit because I wanted to switch gears and we're gonna move to flow nostalgic. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. okay, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm not a rapper, but my friends are. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're, we're we're gonna transition. So we we talked a little bit about this on the podcast. Like Clem was saying, we have a podcast with Len uh, and Steve, uh, the the duo that brought us flow nostalgic and now flow nostalgic too. Uh, and how that came to be was basically quick recap, I guess, was um, man Nestor Windrush was doing uh, yes. a project, who's like the ultimate connector in hip hop in Winnipeg. Like I'm yeah, gonna say it enough. because he'll never he'll never take the credit himself, but I'm gonna say that. And um, he was doing a project, it's basically like a live mixtape, and he connected people who he thought might gel or might work or whatever, and he connected uh, you and Egg with Steve, and. Right. The project, the the record that came out of that ended up kind of kicking off uh, Flow, Flow Nostalgia. Nostalgia. Yeah, Black Chronicles. Yeah, Black Chronicles, exactly. And then um, you also then end up working, like I say, it, it, Len's always got an ear and he finds the melody. He finds uh, an artist by the name of Katya that he put on uh, Flow Nostalgic. And that um, ends up being a pretty big record for you in the last like little while, I would say. Uh, in yeah, terms of like radio play and uh, big tune, big tune. <laughs> <laughs> big tune, big tune, yeah, no doubt. And uh, yeah, a little bit of feature, like probably one of your more feature-heavy projects, uh, because you have a feature almost on every song except Central Kids, which again paints that picture of uh, you coming up and where you came from, uh, right? Being from the West End and whatnot. And uh, again, something for the ladies on there, Pac and Janet, in case you uh, haven't listened to Flow Nostalgia. There's a, there's a similar theme that... that uh, he's got we, one for you. He's, he's, got one for he's you, always man. got one. Don't worry. And, and um, so we did talk about that. If you want to hear more about that project, you can listen to that podcast. But now, um, that was a transition, I guess, kind of from the Urbnet era to coming over to us over at Fourth Quarter and like... Uh, putting right. records out with us, which is a bit more, let maybe a little bit less of a structured situation and a bit more like organic grassroots. Like it's literally us putting out records together. You know what I mean? It's very much right. partnership situation um, through Flow Nostalgic and kind of the same thing with Flow Nostalgic too. Um, no break in between of those two records pretty quick. Like we put out Flow Nostalgic last year, 2020, in the middle of a pandemic, well, at the beginning of a pandemic kind of. Which is, right. you know, unfortunate, unfortunate times. I remember we were talking about those records, like, as it was starting to kind of get bad. Yeah, and we were just kind of like, yeah, we was just kind of like, well, fuck. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like, it's a good yeah. record and we yeah. got some momentum going. But, like, what are we going to do about it? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's yeah. not a whole lot of options. Um, but the option was really to go back into the lab and, and see what else can be cooked up in the time being. And that's kind of what happened. Uh, with you and Steve for Flow Nostalgic too, and like we're talking about mental health issues, I guess a little bit earlier in the in the in the podcast. But like, it's a tough time in general to create art through. Uh, it's a tough time in general to create art. It's a very tough time to create art in the middle of a pandemic. So like that, I think is an interesting one. But because of that, we end up with a pretty great project in Flow Nostalgic too, where it's like um, you connecting maybe a little bit more. Well, not on a solo tip. You still have the features involved on Flow Nostalgic too, but yeah. reaching back to some of the older roots too, like you got Odario on a track, uh, one of the Sandy brothers. You've now hit the trifecta, I think. 
you worked with Anthony, Andrew, <laughs> and uh, Alex. <laughs> and yeah. Alex. Nice. <laughs> you need to get yeah. Mangala on a record. Then you got all the right, There you go. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, th- this one a little bit of a different feel, I would say, to it. A little bit more. Um, t- tell us about Flow Nostalgic 2. How about that? I'm not going to put words So Okay, so Flow Nostalgic 2, I would say, is a bit more of an aggressive record than the first um, Flow Nostalgic uh, the first one's kind of laid back um, and chill and a bit dark. Uh, this one's definitely more aggressive. It, I feel like it's still dark, but it's dark in a positive way. It's me um, confronting issues and not turning a cheek to them in the, in the material and trying to find a positive outcome. And I think, I think, um, and it's all, and it's also me just taking a look at where I am and, and, um, being proud of it and standing behind it. And, and, and that's what the title good years is all about. And it'll make sense when people hear the intro and, and certain things that I say in it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just, it's all about addressing things that I see that are in front of my face. And I know they're, they're in front of other people's faces and maybe they turn the cheek or they just feel like it's not worth addressing. I, I, I chose to address those things on this and let people know that these things are bothering me or I care and, um, and they, and, and we need, I need to speak to them. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a very, you know, it, it's it's not a long project, but again, just like the first uh, installment, I I feel like I managed to cover a lot of ground, and 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 really dig in to the to these subjects on these on these on these um, records, and and no record is identical, um, and and they're all their own, you know, book, mm-hmm. so. So I think people are going to enjoy it. It's not, to me, it's not instant gratification like what you got with the breaks. Um, mm-hmm. But if you if you give the record a chance and and really let it marinate, um, you'll you'll appreciate it. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. A little bit longer than the break or than the first project as well. Six songs. Yeah. yeah. So this time we're looking at uh, six songs is going to be on Flow Nostalgic too. Uh, again, I think this is one where like the the structure or the the way that they're placed makes perfect sense. You got good years, which kind of like explains a lot of what's going on in terms of why the cover is the way it is, and like hardcover. Uh, that cover of- <laughs> is so hard. Yeah. Can we talk? Can we talk about the cover a little bit? Go ahead. Bro. Absolutely, absolutely. So, who designed? Did Steve design that? Or I. I, I got the pictures and 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 Steve kind of put it all together. It's inspired by the the Big L lifestyles of the rich and dangerous cover. If you've okay. ever seen that cover, mm-hmm. but it, it's it's um it's our own twist on that. And um, it's funny because there's a lot of family members and there's old shades members in there like bad manners is on the cover but he's covered up and then there's my cousin marvelous who is one of the original shades on the cover and um 
I've told stories in the past about me battling older guys um, to make a name for myself. And there's a dude on that cover that I, that I, I battled and embarrassed at that oh. family barbecue. Oh, so, <laughs> so, at, at, at that barbecue where the picture was taken? Right, right. He's in that picture. One of these dudes. So, you know, there, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of history there, man. And um, you know that that um that picture holds a lot of weight, man, because a lot of those people I'm not even even you know really in contact with um yeah. at this point. So so yeah, it means a lot to me. And um, there's definitely some stories about individuals in there that help me get to this point and you know would you, would you say nice you were the flyest picture. would you say you were the flyest in that picture? <laughs> i i definitely had the flyest pose you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> everybody else was kind of goofing around but i was taking that shit seriously <laughs> <laughs> like a very intentional so, yeah. everything's very yeah. intentional yeah. Lil Len was yeah. like, yo, I'm going to use this for a cover one day. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, yeah, I, you know, like I said, Big Daddy Cade was one of the dudes I I, I grew up idolizing in this hip-hop thing. I should have known because I saw the hat. I saw the high top with <laughs> yeah, the, the high slant. Top I put, yeah, with the, <laughs> with the stairs in there, you know, so it's like a bit of Big Daddy Cade slash Kwame in okay, there. Okay, okay or Steve's or whoever, you know, that, that was it back then. <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, I, I took myself very seriously Fly at that yummy. point. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about uh, Flow Nostalgia too? What can cats uh, expect or who can they expect? Like you've mentioned, uh, well, we've seen already, we got Odario Anthony OKS on right. uh, the Growing Pains. Uh, first single put out was Small Town Girl, kind of. Again, tying that thread that falls through um, a lot of the Lambo and music. And, and then there's a couple more records like you're talking about, a little heavier maybe content-wise. Um, right. But uh, important records still. Yeah. No, um, there, there's, there's features on there, but the way the project is designed is I, I have an idea and I can see people doing certain things and I, I reach out to people I've, I've wanted to work with or friends or what have you. So, um, yeah, you know, you got Odario on there and there's a lot of dudes who I actually have never worked with mm -hmm. before, kind of like the first part of Flow Nostalgic. So um, I've got a song called The Cure on there where I'm working with a brother by the name of... Um, Charles Plain, who's out of, uh, he's originally from Detroit, um, um, but um, he lives in Madison now. And um, there's a guy on that track. Jamel Peer. Jamel Peer. Jamel Peer, right. Jamel Peer. And uh, he's from Chicago. So basically, uh, that track came together from another project that I was involved in, where we were talking about uh, the the effect of untreated syphilis on on black bodies um that took place in tuskegee alabama mm -hmm. so it's a really deep track and uh there's a direct correlation to winnipeg northern manitoba to be exact about the track um i won't give too much away you you just have to hear the track there's some spoken word on there there's mm -hmm. there's singing there's me rapping 
there's a lot of dynamics to the track um, and the beat is really cohesive with with everything else that's going on that that's produced by bbs steve um you know then i've got a track called lost where there's a hip-hop uh battle rap legend by the name of dna on there uh from queens new york you might have heard everybody's of you, really you, you might have heard of him. <laughs> you might have if you uh, like battle rap to god you heard of him. <laughs> if you don't yeah, know you dna know. with a missing tooth and just turn it off stop listening right. or do your googles <laughs> do your googles and then come back please <laughs> yeah yeah go do that and so, then come back yeah so i'm very fortunate to have uh this brother on a record with me and um you know I've I've always wanted to work with artists from the US and and this project has a lot of brothers from the US on it. Um so him and another uh brother by the name of Mark Yu, he's from Brooklyn, New York, are on that track. Um there's a cool story around how I got DNA on the track. Um, you know, I've reached out to him and he basically gave me a couple options, but the second option was he was having a contest uh, and whoever won would get a verse from him. Mm-hmm. And um, he was going to choose the beat, give it to everybody and then post in his story, um, you know, uh, the submissions and have everybody vote for a week. So the so the beat was Biggie Smalls, Who Shot You? Mm-hmm. I dropped a freestyle on it and I won. Um, so so that's that's really how um that whole collab came about and and the track lost again is is a great song about where we are and where we're coming from and where in my opinion i feel um hip-hop and and people as a whole have to get back to and and it's subjective it's my opinion people might agree with me they might disagree but just hear where I'm coming from and again take it in. This 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 project's about letting things soak in and really think about what I'm saying. It's mm. not surface level at all. Yeah, we yet said that respectful. This... Yet respectful. <laughs> I would say. <laughs> I would say it's probably like the deepest the deepest record uh you've put out thus far in terms of uh content, in terms of like you know, they they say like hip hop's like the hood CNN, right? Like it's right. news as we see it and i like to me this is a good example of that as a as a comment because it's like this is what i'm seeing on lost you're kind of talking about the state of hip-hop and where we're going kind of deeper than hip-hop but like as the as the viewpoint of hip-hop and let me show you a little bit deeper and then as right. you go through the project we do go a little bit deeper you know what i mean like you say you talked about yeah. the cure and uh you know pretty heavy topic uh, of conversation there you want to talk a little bit more about like how that one came to be maybe yeah so again i was i was part of this 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 project um where it was connecting perspectives so they were taking um different disciplines whether you rap whether you do spoken word whether you dance whether you um you know paint and they were connecting 13 canadian artists, artists from Canada, and uh, 13 artists from the US. So I was uh, matched up with Charles Payne, again, who's originally from Detroit, but uh, based out of Madison, Wisconsin. And um, he started talking about, you know, 
he wanted to do something around um, black people in the States or black people in general, just being apprehensive on taking the vaccine. And he said a lot of that stemmed from the Tuskegee project. And I, at the time, had no idea what that was. Mm -hmm. And he enlightened me and put me onto it. And I was almost embarrassed that I had no idea. And what that is, is in Tuskegee, Alabama, there there was about 600 um, Black people who um, uh, basically they were injected with syphilis and went untreated. They told they were being treated, but it, it, it was basically uh, syphilis injected in them to see what it would do to them. And wow. they had no idea what was going on with them. And they went home and transmitted this. Some of them transmitted it to their spouses. Some of them died. Some of them went crazy. And um, eventually, um, you know, other people had to step in and get this stopped and, and what have you. But um, what, it, what it did in Tuskegee, Alabama, messed up a lot of black families and um, left people apprehensive in, in present times to, to take the vaccine. Um, so again, through learning about this, watching interviews, testimonials, um, we found out also that the people who funded this project, they, um, they were responsible for a study in Northern Manitoba at residential schools where indigenous children um, were malnourished and um, were prevented from certain dental care and what have you. So just the fact that me and this individual were partnered together he decided that he would like to choose this particular topic as our, as our, as our uh, collaboration. And on top of that, there's the direct connection where I'm a guy who was born in Winnipeg, where there was this study that he wants to talk about. And a part of it took place first in Canada in Northern Manitoba Oh. The irony around everything is crazy. So, again, heavy content, very serious content to try to put something together that people are going to find entertaining, you know, thought provoking, moving is, is challenging without it coming across too serious. Mm -hmm. But I think between, between that and, um, and growing pains, we did it. You know, I think we did it. And, and, and again, people just got to give, give it a chance and really take it in and, and do your own research, you know. But I'm touching on a lot of things that I've never spoke about before. And um, it's, it's just growth, you know. You can't, you can't keep putting out music and, and talking about the same things over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So... When it's all said and done, you know, this is the fourth EP I'm going on. I want people to look back and see the growth. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. No, I think and, that. I, and, I think that. Um, go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm good. I, I was just going to say, like, I think that's a perfect example of showing uh, what, uh, 
the the trajectory of of Lembo and like we were talking about um, starting from uh, long story short uh, to float nostalgic too. So what's coming up next for Len? Like what what do you envision uh, for the next little while here? We're gonna keep moving forward, but it, it's back to the future. You know, we I've been <laughs> uh, we've been in nostalgia. Uh, for going on two years, so now it's time to get back to the future, but um, you know, still being me, and uh, and and just really seeing where the next chapter of of my story goes. Mm-hmm. No, I think yeah, that's you've, exciting. You've fallen back a few times, but now you had a project, 2020. You have a project, 2021. So it seems like you're gaining some momentum here. Can we expect you to just keep making music? Are we expecting something next year and then near after and the year after? What do you what do you think? Well, you know, me and me and Anthony have been working together. It's it's been a good work relationship, man. And and I'm proud to call him, you know, my friend, my brother. And while I got these guys in my corner, I can't take it for granted. I can't take the blessings for granted. You know what I mean? I've got I've got, you know, a few other brothers in my corner now. And I feel like over the past year and a half going on two years, I'm developing a strong team of people. And and every time I go through uh, the growing pains of, of, of creating a body of work and everything else, I'm getting people who are advocating for me, who are believing in me more. Word. Yeah. I just gotta meet, I just gotta meet everybody halfway. And yeah. keep doing what I'm doing, and and that's gonna that's gonna help everybody around me. It's gonna encourage them, you know. I just gotta keep the the morale up. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? for real. That's that's really it. Yeah, you know. So so if I got if I've got all these you know friends and people around me who who are real who are willing to put in the work and meet me halfway, why wouldn't I? If I don't, it's it's gonna be the opposite. It's gonna be an adverse effect where everybody just disperses, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, that's really all it is. Oh, yeah, man. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for uh, hanging out. I think. Thank you. I, I think we have a lot to look forward to with this project. Like, I'm pretty excited on it. I know, like, uh, it, it's easy to get caught when you're making something to get caught in it. You know what I mean? And like, I remember telling yeah. Lan, I was like. We're making it and it's like you listen to this one here and that one there and then like as I'm sitting down to like prep everything I was like, Yo, I don't know if you know this, but this is a really good record. This is a really good project. <laughs> you know, like, no, I, have, I actually have one more question because before before we started recording you said that uh, you know you showed a few people and there was some mixed mixed reactions mixed thoughts like like without right. putting any people on blast or maybe put them on blast. I don't know. <laughs> say, say names if you want, <laughs> but like, you know, saying like what, what exactly, you know, was, was being said about this. Cause this is a great project beginning to end very grown. Like it would, you know what it was actually just, I've let about four or five people here now. Um, but two individuals made comments and, and one individual made a funny comment where, um, and this is a brother that's really close to me. We're, we're family, but he, he was like, yo, you sound like, I don't even know if I, I, I can really take what he said seriously, because he was like, <laughs> you sound like, you just sound like you're trying too hard on this one. 
I said, what? I'm trying too hard. I said, what, what does that mean? He's like, at this point, you've been putting out music so long, you should just sound like, he basically, I should sound like, you know, a snowbird. Like, I'm at a five-star hotel with my feet up and oh, just oh, yeah, chill, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, he man. said, you sound, he, he sound, you sound, sound like you're, you're yeah, so he said hungry. you sound like he said you sound like you're coming out the gates, man. And I and in my mind, I'm like, that's a good thing. That's a good. <laughs> yeah. That's what. That's I'm a great mean. thing. At that's this a point. great thing. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Man. Jadakiss yeah. is who he is because he never loses that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Jadakiss, you know what I'm saying, has some recent uh, success that's with the funny. verses, that's and you funny. know what I'm saying. That's so, the, that same reason. It takes me back to like, the was Jay Z that Jay Z on my uncle said I sold, never sell a million records. I sold a million records like a million times. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, make your first exactly. sound, make your first sound, uh, last song sound like your first song. What, what did Jay say? You know what I'm saying on the Black mm-hmm. album. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, so I I found that really strange. Uh, for someone to say I sound too hungry. I mean, if that's <laughs> the if that's a criticism, I'll take that one. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, run, I'll run with that. Yeah. Oh man, yo, thank you for joining yeah. us, Dolan. Keep an eye, like we said, um, Flow Nostalgic Two, December seventh, on all streaming platforms. Uh, you can peep the video for Growing Pains. More videos coming soon as well. Yeah, and more content, yeah. man. Like. Like, you're two for two in two years. You got to just keep going. You heard him. You heard him, man. Yeah. We're going going for the three-peat. No pun intended. (laughs) There you go. There you go. That's what's up. All good things come in threes, man. And there's three of us, so we're saying bye. Peace. All right. Peace. That's what's up.